Can you hear me now? I can. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you today? Good. Thank you so much for joining. Mackenzie, it's my pleasure. Oh, it's so great. I'm so excited to have you on here. Um, Thank you. Yeah, this is so great. Do you want to just, I mean, I guess we should jump right in because we have to introduce ourselves to each other anyway. So you want to tell me who you are? Tell me who you are. Tell me about yourself. Okay, um, I'll tell you a little bit about me. My name is Marisa Giuliani O'Keefe, as you know. Um, I am a couples therapist. My specialty is sexual issues amongst couples, um, as well as probably affairs. I deal with a lot of affairs. Um, my background is I went to school, double major, psych sociology, minor in English. Um, got out of school, realized you can do nothing with a psych degree. <laughs> I had no idea. Uh, people think it's so funny. So many people are like, I went to school and I got a psych degree. I said, Oh, that's great. You can't do anything with it. Really? What do they say that you can do with that normally? Um, it's like getting, I don't know. It's getting like a regular degree. I mean, you graduate, right? You have a degree, but you can't, you can't do therapy. You can't do counseling. Can't do anything in that field. You need a graduate degree. Okay. So I actually, um, I was friends with a designer. I went in, I actually went into design. Nice. So I was like drawing and doing snowboarding clothes and things like that. And I just, I, you know, it was great. It was fun. I traveled a lot, but it wasn't really where my heart was. Oh, yeah. So I went back um, and I started teaching and then I got a master's in mental health counseling and school counseling. And I worked in a school. Wow. So that was great. But what I was doing is I was counseling the parents after school. They would come to see me about their kids and I would be, you know, talking to them about their sex lives, whether they were dating, you know, why is their child acting out? Because I realized really quickly that the kids were acting out at school because of something going on at home. And so my principal one day caught me, it was like six o'clock and I had all these parents waiting to talk to me. He's like, you can't do this. Oh my God. So he actually paid for me to go back for a four year uh, marriage and family degree after that. So yeah. So then I went back to school again. Wow. Yeah. And then um, two residencies and then I started doing this and um, you know, it's, it's what I've been meant to do really. That is so cool. I love the journey of where you can, that people listening. I mean, they could be somewhere on that path, somewhere in the journey of like, I'm not really doing what I love to do, but it's a stepping stone type of deal. But it's cool to hear from somebody that you went through so much of, of what you thought maybe you wanted and tested it out and then look where you are today. That's so cool. Yeah. That is super. It's a lot of work. You know, when you see therapists out there, it's, and they're doing it. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work to get there. Yeah, absolutely. What, um, so you do a lot of, of you work a lot with um, your clients with affairs and sex, you said. Um, how did you how did you get into that niche? Like you started with the family and, or the, you know, the couples and marriage. But that's such a niche, which is so cool. How did you get there? Well, you know, when I went back for my post masters, um, that's when you really could start deciding what area you wanted to go into. Do you want to go into families with eating disorders? Do you want to go into, you know, abnormal psychology, you know, that type of thing. And we started taking some classes in sex and it just, it resonated with me. I was doing presentations and a lot of the other therapists, they didn't like it. And even Mm -hmm. to this day, 
I have so I'm friends with so many therapists in our area. I'm like right outside New York city. People send people to me. They're like, they're having sexual issues, Marisa. I'm going to send, send them to you. They just don't enjoy it. It feels uncomfortable. And so I realized really quickly that it just didn't feel uncomfortable for me at all. That is so cool. That would make people coming to you with those issues so comfortable knowing that they're talking to somebody that just, okay, yeah, what it is, what it is. Let's talk about it. Let's figure it out. What, how would a couple know that they're having sexual issues? Oh, they know. They know. <laughs> like, well, I, I guess, okay, that was a stupid question kind of. No, but like, not stupid at all, but it's just they might not want to talk to me about it. They might come in and say, oh, we're having communication issues. But then I realized really quick, because I'll ask them, you know, in the first session, so what's your sex life like? Huh. You know, how, how's your sex life? Are you having sex? Yeah. And then do a lot of the t- – do you ever – find that someone like the man or the woman doesn't want to come in doesn't want to open up about it what what are how would you get them to be comfortable like a man I just feel like if I ever took my husband when he'd be like oh you get on the bed right now I'll show you (laughs) (laughs) I have to say most of the time men are pretty open they're like yeah we don't have sex wow they just kind of put it out there yeah we don't have sex she doesn't like sex and so my usual next question is are you any good at it <laughs> what do they say? I mean, they all think they're great at it, but you know, then you ask their wives and they're like, it's really fast, or you know, he really wants to um, finish and he doesn't realize that it's taking me longer, or you know, so many different things. Desire, a lot of women's desire, I always say it starts up here for women. Yeah. You know, we don't just get erections because we wake up in the morning and our testosterone spikes. Yes. It starts here. So women aren't feeling beautiful or, you know, they have too much going on. They're too stressed out. Their sex drives go down. So, okay. So then in that sense, would you kind of, would, would the tip or the advice be, if it is the stress, would you advise people to let's, how do you stress in your, your workload or your life load so that you can have more, like, is that the, the advice there in that aspect? In a lot of ways, that's, that's right on the money. Mm-hmm. Um, what I say to men is it starts in the morning. You wake up in the morning, you wrap your arms around your wife, you tell her she's beautiful, ask her about her day, you know, engage her. And then my secret weapon is, a massage, draw back, give your wife a massage, get her, you know, get her in a relaxed mood. And then she might be more interested than in, you know, she's doing the dishes. I had this happen last week. One of my couples came in and, you know, she was washing the dishes and he comes up behind her and grabs her breasts and says, I'm horny. No, (laughs) no, (laughs) that's not going to work. Like, for a guy, I feel like that would just give them an erection right there. For a girl, it's like, okay, like, maybe she's a breastfeeding mom. And that was, like, not a thing. I mean, it just feels so grabby, right? It just doesn't feel sexy. Not in the way that a woman wants to feel sexy. And so it's a lot of teaching. A lot of times I'm teaching men, you know, how to make their wives, girlfriends feel more in the mood. Wait, so actually that brings up such a great, like a good point. How would 
how does a guy know? Like, they're not a woman. It's so different. Like you said, they wake up with a boner and that's it. Like, yeah. they want to relieve themselves. For us, like, it takes work and it's, you know, it's like a nice, like, thing and we love it and it's just, like, slow and whatever. But for a guy, it's so immediate. Where do they learn that? Movies? What are they, like, they don't, like, what are, where is the, the resources for a guy? Like, hey, a girl would really like it if you, like, rubbed their thigh or, like, something nice, you know? Like, where do they I mean, they this? can't listen. They can, if they really, really want to figure it out, there are books out there. Yeah. But, you know, I say to them, you want to study baseball. You want to know all the statistics in basketball. You know everything about finance. Study a woman's sexual cycle. Wow. They have to. I mean, don't you want to be good at it? Yeah. That's yeah. so true. The one thing that guys love, the first thing on their mind you'd think I mean they would want to study it I can say for a fact like my husband studies golf like it's his job like um this man watches golf video after golf video or any hobby that he's into and it's like hey you could kind of watch a video on how to do the dishes how about that Absolutely. <laughs> what would be helpful to me <laughs> I would love you to watch the, you know watch a great video on doing laundry that would be fantastic folding <laughs> you could get so good at it and it'd be so nice <laughs> absolutely and i tell you know i tell them that in session because it's funny they all think they're very good at it i'm i'm great at sex I'm really i'm really good at this and i look at their wives i'm like is he good is, is he good is it is it sexually satisfying to you and she, oh, I, I would say 50 percent of the time the wives are like yeah, no. And then it's also on them because why have you not told somebody you've been married to for 10 years that it's not working for you? Yeah. And then again, to your point, like it could change what you want and what you like could change. And how, I mean, in that, in a year, in six months, like, hey, all of a sudden, you know what? I'm really into blah, 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 or whatever it is. Like you have to have that open line of communication. And also as you age, what a woman wants at 20 is not what she wants at 30 not what she wants at 40, not what she wants at 50, and so on. Our bodies change, our chemistry changes. We need different things at different times. Yeah, that's so true. What is your, like, so you're probably seeing a lot of clients that are, like, deep into marriages that are having these issues, right? I see, you know, I see it all. I see the young, and I, you know, I was, I was thinking about, um, you know, our interview today, I see everyone from late 20s, early 30s, where, you know, their parent, they're getting married, and their parents call me, they're like, Marisa, I want you to see them before they get married, so that they have some, you know, some structure in their relationship, which I think is the smartest thing for parents to do. I'm going to wow. do it for my son. Wow. It's so it's so healthy. It's so good to get issues out on the table. So I see them and then I see, you know, couples that newlyweds where things go wrong pretty quick after like the first two years, couples with new babies. That's probably the couples that come to see me the most. Okay. It's a really hard couple transition years. Um, then I see, you know, empty nesters, huh. you know, when their kids leave, they're like, Hey, we don't have a marriage anymore. Can you help us? Um, so I would say you know, anywhere like, late 20s to late 50s are probably the people that I see most often. I want to know from you, like, kind of all the stages, but for those 
that come to you where you say their parents kind of set this up and it's, you know, what does that look like? What what are those types of conversations like, hey, this is how we're starting. What is the foundation? Because I know a lot of people that are that listen to this podcast are they're all over the place. A lot of them mm-hmm. are moms. A lot of them are not. Some of them don't aren't even in relationships. Some of them are married, blah, blah, blah. So like I know I want to speak to those that you know, are either just getting into a relationship or what, how do you start that good foundation in, you know, sex aspect and just relationship? Well, you know, what I like to focus on is the five bigs of marriage. Okay. The five big issues that come up, sex, always money, division of labor, which is a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, co-parenting, even if they don't have kids, let's talk about how you want to parent, what you want family life to look like. And then family of origin issues, which is probably one of the biggest issues that couples have throughout the generations. What does that look like exactly? Well, that's, I was raised this way huh. mm-hmm. versus I was raised this way. And that would kind of coincide to the co-parenting situation because how are we like, well, I didn't, I did that or I didn't do that or my mom Absolutely. did that or... Absolutely. Like my husband is from the Midwest okay, and he's Irish. And when we met, you know, my parents are from Europe. Uh, my dad's actually from Italy, didn't move here until he was in his twenties. So where you know, in Italy? Been, uh, La Grigarda. Oh my gosh. I lived in um, Florence for two summers studying abroad. Oh my God. It Florence was is my dream. I want to retire there. It is my dream place. I love it. I want to bring my daughter there so bad. It's like a home in my heart is Florence and I just want to go back so badly. Oh, it is that's so cool. the most magical place. How magical. Oh. How old is your daughter? She is, um, she'll be two at the end of August. Oh, what a, um, what a wonderful stage. Yes. What a wonderful stage. She's, she's a riot, that one. She's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I have a 13 year old, so. Um, oh, goodness. That's a, that's another journey. That's a that's a different journey. Each one is like, okay, we figured that out, kind of. Oh God, we're gonna like go on to a whole new thing, you know? It's insane. Yes. crazy. <laughs> but yeah, so setting that foundation for these these new couples is you know could be really helpful to some. What are like just a couple things that you think of in that? You know, we really I like to talk about money finances. You know, how do you? Who's going to control the finances? I, you know, I try to get couples to do them together one day a week, sit down, do the bills together, have transparency, be open. Um, so we talk a lot about that. And, you know, these family of origin issues come up. Well, my dad did all, you know, did all the money. Well, mm. that's great. How does your partner feel about that? Is that going to work for the two of you? That's so, so true. That- Just that open communication, that mm-hmm. unapologetic just openness because how do you start yeah you have to be you know marriage is about communication marriage is about compromise and and being you know how are you going to get your needs met if you don't put them out there yeah oh that's so true so then you kind of I'm wondering about those couples that have been married for 10 years 20 years you know that that's a long a long time to kind of be like, well, can we really start over? Like, where? how do we backtrack? Like, where? how do we get that spark back? It's been 10, 20 years, 30 years. Like, what do you say to them? Well, you know, 
the 10 year couples are really different than the 20 year couples. Okay. So, you know, if you think of it as, you know, most, most of the couples I see are pre being pre parents or going to be parents or parents. Um, you know, when, when people don't have kids, they're actually easy because they're, they're really in there to do the work and they don't have other responsibilities. But if you think about it, um, in terms of where children are, you know, couples that have been together for 10 years, a lot of, you know, I only have one son, but a lot of couples have a few kids and they're divided all the time and they they have no time. They'll just look at me and like, I'll say, well, I want you guys to date. I want you guys to go on one date a week. Marisa, it's impossible. There's just no time in the day. Or I want you to have a, the four touch at Marisa, we can't. So we start looking at how they can get on the same page. And I, you know, if you're in if you are in therapy with me, you have to have three 20 minute dates a week. No kids, no friends, just the two of you. It doesn't have to cost money. And it can't be about the business of being parents or the business of being married of being married. It has to be about where are we going on vacation next year? You know, tell me something you're dreaming about. You know, dating, like dating. Yeah. And so we spend a lot of time talking about dating your partner. You have to date your partner. I feel like that can get so lost. I mean, I that is such a hard thing from the stage that I'm in right now. You know, immensely just like just very hard. I mean, we you know, you have a you have the baby and you go through that and then, you know, now they're a toddler, now they're doing this, but it's like holy crap, all these things, and when do we literally have time? Because the time that we do have, we're like, hey, can you have her so I can do this? Can you have her so I can do that? Oh, no, wait. Now we're realizing, like, hey, we should probably both do things with her together. Let's not forget about that. And then also, we have to both do things without her. Like, what? Where do people find the time? It's, you know, it's really, really hard. And I, I look at couples and I tell them, we usually use, I use, like, um, sticky pads with them. And it's three competing elements every week for most couples, couple time, family time, and individual, and individual time. And so I tell them to make a weekly calendar. My family lives by a calendar, you know, red for my time, blue for my husband's green for family time with my son. And then we do another color for couple time. Oh, I love that idea. And you, and you write it in. You have to write it in. I think that is like so on the money. If you write it in and it might feel a little bit weird or or unnatural to some people, like, do I really have to schedule time to be with my husband? Yes, you do. If you want it. Yeah. Schedule time for sex. I make my couples schedule time for sex. And I live these things. Like my husband and I live this lifestyle. We will have sex every Thursday night without doubt, without a doubt. That's when I like to have sex the most. So that is always done. Wow. Does it not feel like, do you, like, I don't know. I feel like if I had it on a schedule, which tell me if I'm wrong, because I, like, I don't know. So it might be a right. cr- cool thing, but like, I feel like I'd be like, there's so much pressure. Like I'm going to have to have sex soon. <laughs> like I'm scared. <laughs> like, not that I'm scared, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. not that I'm scared. That sounded so bad, but like, you know what I mean? Like the pressure of like, no, I get it. The anxiety of thinking that it has to happen. Yes. And um, that could be with anything. Cause that might make me sound like I'm like nervous. <laughs> like it no, should be no, a free no, no, no. thing. I totally get you. I totally do. <laughs> 
I think it's about marinating in a different way. So if I know that we're having, like, it's a Thursday night, like last night, if, if I know it's going to happen, I'll be like, hey, babe, I'm going to go upstairs a little early. You want to put our son to bed? And I take a shower and I like blow my hair out and I like put on gloss and I put on something a little bit sexier, a little yeah. bit pretty. So I'm marinating in my own mind knowing it's going to happen. Wait, that's so genius to plan it and obviously you're the expert on it like what the heck do I know but like so obviously it is but like also it's so funny because you know those memes of like the mom with the mom bun like that's me half my life you of know or, so it's like if why would you want to have sex if you don't feel pretty and then why are you just gonna randomly be like oh yeah let me go like freshen up and then maybe he can't and then like yeah that's cool I think that's so cool yeah, that's the marination. I mean, listen, I call those um, getting it done sex where you're just like, your hair's in a bun, you came back from the gym. Yeah. He's horny, you're horny, you just like, do you it. Know, you get it in, you just do it. Yeah. Those are great. Spontaneous sex is fantastic. Add it to your week, but make sure you schedule two nights. Yes. I like Thursday and Saturday. And then if other sex happens, fabulous. It's even better. Yeah, that's so true. Just, I had just never, I had heard about the scheduling thing, but then I feel like there's this stigma against it, which is cool to talk about on here because even, I'm not kidding, for my own self, it's like, oh, I don't want to schedule it. Like, that seemed that, like, I feel like that would make it, like, you know when, so for me, I'll go into, like, Thanksgiving dinner and I'll be, like, so, I know I'm going to have such a great time to eat all this food and I'm, like, so excited that I get a stomach ache because I get so, like, anxious about that I'm gonna eat all this food yes. but like I'm gonna love it I'm gonna relax and have a great time sitting at the table and stuffing my face but I still get a stomach ache it's just like that you know <laughs> but well, I, think it, I think it's just resistance to you know the planning of it and people say that to me in session every time oh Marisa you're gonna take the spontaneity away and I no. say to them how I'll, I'll say to them well how often are you having sex right now once a month okay well let's let's see if we can reframe it let's see if we can look at it differently right that is so cool I love how you said it too I mean you don't have like this spontaneous sex isn't going away if that's mm -hmm. your thing then go for it but just know every Thursday night it's going down it's on it's on <laughs> it's on it's on that is so great. What other like tips like that do you think are just very just vital in a relationship that you love to to kind of tell all clients maybe? Um, you know, I think I think I mentioned it before, but dating your partner. Mm -hmm. You know, I like to um, and this actually comes from Esther Perel. You know, she's an, I mean, she's probably the forewoman in our field of marriage and family therapy. And um, she writes, she wrote a beautiful book called Dating in Captivity. And a lot of that is about when you're too comfortable with your partner, right? They see you unshowered. Listen, I had a baby. I didn't, there were days I didn't brush my teeth, right? Like it just, those days happen. Yeah. But we forget to look at our partner separate from ourselves. And so we get too balanced and too comfortable. So I'll go to a party with my husband and he'll be talking to people and I'll be talking to people and I'll actually pretend he's not mine. I'll just pretend he's a guy at the party and all in my own head, right? I'm doing this all in my own mind. 
And I'm like looking at him, would I want to talk to him? Would I, you know, go up to him? Would I be flirtatious? What would happen? What do I see? You know, do I think he's smart? Do I think he's interesting? And when you look at your partner separate from yourself, you have that unbalanced feeling again. Uh-huh. That's that really sparks that that chemistry. Yeah. That is so cool how you even just set that up. I'm just thinking about my, I'd be like, I would literally be like, I'm going to marry that guy. <laughs> and you see, and then all of a sudden you start appreciating them in a different way. In a different way. Wow. That's like such, so great to hear. Yeah. I love that too. The dating your partner. I mean, how are you in your life? I know you say you schedule it in. What are some, do you have like a hat that you pull out of? Like, how do you make it easy? Like, what if he had a really physically taxing long week and you're like, you're you're having the worst hair day of your life? Like, what, how do you? Happens constantly. Yeah, like, <laughs> what do you do? Like, do you, is it always the same thing you do? Do you always go out to dinner? Like, how do you, how do you do that? Um, you know, our schedule's tough. Our son plays competitive sports. So, you know, we have set it up for ourselves pretty easy. We have a built-in pool. We knew that that was going to be something we really wanted. We have a little fire pit. You know, a lot of times he'll be like, hey, do you want a margarita? And he'll grab, he'll make a margarita and be like, you want to just sit outside and, you know, look at the fire and talk. And that's, I mean, that's one of my favorite dates. Or we put our son to bed and it's 10 and he'll be like, I'll make you a drink if you go for a swim with me. Yeah, we'll, we'll literally go for a swim at like 1030 at night. Even, you know, sometimes I have to do it when it's cold. I'm not into it, but I'll do it for him because he loves that. Yeah. Um, so we do little things like that. Yeah. Out to dinner's great. Um, you know, long walks you know, during COVID. We started taking these like couples COVID walks and we would go like at seven after dinner and just take like a long walk and just talk and hold hands. I think holding hands is really vital for keeping a couple connected. Really? Yeah. That's something so innocent and so small that that does bring you closer. In a, Absolutely. That is so cool. What else? Um, that's I love that you said you kind of just do things for like where you are, like just sitting and talking or grabbing a drink and talking. What do you do in a situation where, you know, like I know for a lot of people, a lot of my friends and, you know, me, like even me, it's just a busy, busy always. And I even find, honestly, it's hard for to get me to turn off and my husband to turn off. Like, like, hey, you want to go sit out for a fire? It's like, oh, I really should go to the dump real quick. Or I really should like sand that floor that I needed to do. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's that scheduling. And, you know, what do you say to those? I feel like it's guys. Maybe that's not a good way to put it. I feel like a lot of the time it's guys. I just hear it from your friends, my friends. And like, for me, it's my husband's always like, oh yeah. Like we we talk all the time. We talked on the phone on my way home. Like that was good enough. (laughs) And I'm like, dude, you don't understand the, the importance, but, um, you know, what do you how do you get those guys to understand like being emotional is it, you know you have you have to do it you have to just do it 
because you you talk to my husband like or you know these guys they feel like there's just such a stigma of like oh yeah i have a great like everything's great everything's so good like no, you know, most most often the person that calls me is the wife, and she's like, "Listen, we need to we need to get in." Yeah, we're having issues, but my husband doesn't want to come. So usually, you know, I'll say you can start without him or have him call me, mm. and you know, we'll talk about it. A lot of times, they're just not aware. You know, they're not their moms and dads never said to them, "Hey, women are really different than you are." You know. Girls are different. I, my son, again, I, he's 13, but I, I'm telling him all the time, like, girls are different. You know, yesterday he said to me, why do I need to, oh, no, maybe it was this morning. Why do I need to make my bed? And I said, well, do you want a girl to sleep in it one day? And he was like, yeah. And I said, <laughs> one of the reasons why we, you're going to make your bed. And he was like, oh, all right, let me help with that. How do I do this? Wow. You know, oh, my God. Just, I just don't think they know. You make me want to have a boy. That's so cute. Like to raise such a respectable little man. Like that's just so cool. What are some other ways that you feel like you try to raise him? Like what are those people listening that have boys? I'm crazy. You're going to think it's crazy. A lot of people all the time. Um, I mean, he's known about women's periods since he's three years old. Like he walked in on me one day going to the bathroom and I was just like, I told him about it. So now he's, you know, he's so funny. He's like, well, women have their periods. He's like, mom, you're moody. You're like, do you need chocolate? And he'll literally like go and like get me some chocolate. He's like, he's very emotionally focused. You Wait, know? that is, oh, are you kidding me? A heartthrob little boy. What oh, yeah. the heck? Don't we wish our husbands would be like that? And you're raising this little boy like that? That's I'm trying. I'm trying. But he'll he knows it. And he'll say, oh, you know, this girl at school. Actually, last year when they were in sixth grade, a girl got her period at school, and she had you know some some staining. And he gave her. He took his sweatshirt off, and he let her wrap it around. I know. I was Stop. like, oh, baby. yes, he did. And he let her wrap it around um, herself. And he was like, I felt so bad for her. How embarrassing. Cause he, and, because he knew what he knew, what ha- he knows it happens. Yes. He knows it's normal. It wasn't like, Oh my God, look at her. That's gross. No. Or that is beautiful. That's really nice. And, you know, to bring it back to your husband, I don't think in, you know, in decades past moms were giving this information. It wasn't being disseminated. You know, you're going to disseminate information to your daughter about, being a woman about what men are like her father's going to share things with her that maybe years ago parents didn't share I mean it's just you know so you know the kids today are brighter because we're giving him giving them that information I I try to give him as much as I can that is so beautiful what a what a way to use all of your knowledge to raise your kid I know I know that I, you know, all these interviews that I do and all these things, it always kind of goes back to because I'm in this, you know, new mom life still. And I just feel like once you become a mom, it's like, how do you not talk about like what you're doing and how it can resonate with your child? It just always just flows. Right. So all your knowledge is just being passed on to him. That's such a beautiful thing. And I think any mom listening, like that's all we want to do. Right. You want to create this space for your child to grow, to and, and share all the knowledge, make them a better person than you are. Without a doubt. That's all it is. And it's just so great. I, um, I did want to ask you, so in the beginning you had said that a lot of the time it's like the man that will come. What do you do in a situation where it's the woman where she's like, I don't really want to have sex with him. I don't really. Oh, 
happens every day. Oh, it does. <laughs> okay. So then what yeah. is that conversation like? So the men will, you know, the men are pretty open. They'll say, um, we don't have enough sex. And, you know, that's when I'll, I'll look at the wife or the girlfriend. I'll say, tell me what's going on with you. And for most of, most of the time, it's desire. And so we start talking about it. And, you know, I start by saying sex is like, for me, a chocolate chip mint hot fudge sundae, which is like my favorite thing in the world. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, you know, you have to make it delicious. Sex has to be delicious. And if you're like, oh, God, I don't want to do this, or he hurt, or, you know, he hurts me when we have sex, or he's not gentle or something, you know, that's how we start the conversations. And I try to help the woman marinate. What does she like? Does she even know what she likes? A lot of women don't know what they like. How do you find out what you like? Masturbation, for sure. You know, if, if a woman says to me, I've never masturbated or I don't like to, I'll say, well, let's figure out a way that's going to make that easier for you. You know, where's a great location? And sometimes I'll do a private session with her just to talk about that because, you know, our bodies are more complex. You know, not every woman can have an orgasm. And so, you know, then a man might be like, oh, oh, with me, she can have an orgasm. Mm, well, if she can't have one by herself. She's not going to have one with you. So that's my other question was like, what if the man is the one or the woman's the one wanting to, but the man's like, I just don't want to do it. Like, I don't want to have sex. Like, what's that look like? Then we have to figure out a lot of times that means there's um, low T happening, like low testosterone. So I'll send them out immediately to a doctor and we'll get their testosterone tested. If everything's good there, then we start talking about what happened. Was there cheating was there a um, humiliation you know Mm. did something happen between the couple where something was said um is he depressed you know when a man has a really low sex drive sometimes it's depression wow it's so interesting that if a woman has a low sex drive it's you know you'd kind of go straight to like oh is the guy pleasing her but if a man has a low sex drive it's like all right let's there might be literally something medically wrong with you. How there funny! There literally is... might be something. <laughs> like, that's because so you know, in in twenty one years of doing this, I can tell you, I've had two women with higher sex drives than their partners. Two. Wow. That's it. And I see between twenty five and thirty five couples a week. Wow. Yeah, I think it's like. It's so true because, like, with a guy, you can literally, like, a lot of the times, like, just tap them and it's like they have boner. But for a girl, that doesn't happen. Like, no, I am literally, like, feeding a baby a bottle or, like, changing a diaper. What are you talking uh, uh, You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I can't switch it on like that. Of course not. I used to say um, when my son was little, I used to be like, diapers aren't sexy. Like, they're just not. Like, diapers aren't sexy to me. Yeah. <laughs> And so, like, if I'm doing, like, a diaper and then you're like, hey, do you want to go upstairs? I'm like, I have, like, poop on my forehead? No, thank you. Like, it's just, <laughs> no. Not this, not at this moment. That is so funny. That's so true. I mean, the guy, yeah, yeah, guys just are so different. And I think maybe just knowing that and hearing that and having that be reiterated to people, because we know it, right? But hearing that and it's like, it's okay. Just know that they're going to be different. You're going to be different than your husband. Your husband's going to be different than you or whatever the situation is. And just knowing that is is helpful, I feel like. 
Mm-hmm. I think it is. I, I think it's okay that like we're different. Yeah. You know, I really do. I think that's okay. Now I see gay couples and I see, um, gay male couples, gay female couples. Um, a lot of times they have the same issues. It's very interesting because oftentimes we get together with a partner that fills a void that we don't have personality wise. And a lot of times I'll have two men and one will say, I want to have sex every day. And the other will be like, mm, no, I'm not into it. Yeah. Or a woman will be like, I, you know, I could have sex every day with my wife. And the other woman will be like, I'm just not interested in that much. I have, I have something going on. Yeah. And so it's, you know, it's about trying to find the right dynamic that pulls people, you know, pulls people together and pulls people in. Wow. It is. Yeah, that's it's a balance. It's a very, it's like a, a dance that's very complicated. It's absolutely a dance. That's so interesting. What are some other tools or tips that you have for really anybody? I mean, it's the dating, your, your partner, it's the scheduling. Like those are really great tips. Are there anything, is there anything else that you're like, you think should be shared? I mean, I definitely think the most important thing you can do is be a mindful partner. You know, being married, dating, and really, you know, dating with the idea that you're going to be together with this person for a long time, it has to be a mindful process. It's not just every day you wake up and the person's there. Like, you need to honor that person every single day in a mindful way. Like, I love my husband, therefore I'm going to go see him before he leaves for work and give him a kiss. Or I know he's going home, getting home. So even though I'm like making dinner and doing homework, I'll be like, hey, babe, and I'll give him a hug and a kiss when he walks in the door. Um, So that mindful practice of being a partner means everything. Wow. That that's beautiful. I think that's great. (laughs) It is because I mean I don't know if there's like a saying or something that I've heard, but if, if I'm just in charge of his, you know, you know, myself too, but I feel like if we're kind of in charge of each other, like not in charge, but like respecting and wanting to feed the others pool or whatever, you know, that saying, I forget, feel like there's like a love tank or something, right? I don't know that. Oh, there's like this like love tank thing I've heard of so many times. Um, and it's like if you're if I'm responsible for filling my husband's love tank, not his like oh, love tank. I call it a love bucket. Yeah, love, love bucket, bucket, whatever. Yeah. Then like we're both at the end of the day, we're both satisfied in that aspect. Obviously, you could sit here all day and be like, well, I can't make him happy if he's not happy, whatever. But no, you're absolutely right. So uh, you know, I envision it as these little plastic hearts. Okay, and each of us have a bucket next to next to us next to us. And, you know, what are you going to do to fill your partner's bucket? I asked my couples that, what did you do this week, this week to fill your partner's bucket? Well, I, you know, and that goes to love languages, which is a a completely different topic. Yeah. But like my husband really loves, um, time spent together. It's really important to him. So I'll say to him, Hey babe, let's get Mexican and, you know, make margaritas and hang out, which we did last night and watch our favorite show. And like, I just filled his bucket with like three hearts. Oh my God. Okay. But for me, you know, my love language is, um, acts of service. 
So he did the dishes after and did and put them away. And like that filled my bucket. And so that's really what you're talking about. Then when you get into a nasty fight, envision that bucket being dumped over because all those hearts are gone. Huh. And you got to start from zero again. Wow. What a good way to look at it. What an interesting way to look at it. I feel like that can help you not take your partner for granted looking at it like that because you can't just expect for them to know that they're loved, especially after a fight or an argument or something like that. Yeah, that's so true. Do you find that to, because I'm sure like with all your couples, you talk about, all right, let's figure out what your love language is, what your love language right? That's usually like, Mm, within four weeks of meeting a couple, we do the love language quiz. We do, I do it in a very specific way with them. And, you know, we find out what's what, you know, I usually can, I like, I like try to guess what their, what their love language is before they take the quiz. Just can you guess mine? What do you think mine is? Oh, you'd have to like ask me questions or something. Yeah. I'd have to ask you questions, but I think yours is quality time. (gasps) How are you a psychic reader? (laughs) No. Why did you know that? Oh. I just I, I could just tell you 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 want that from your husband. You want to, you want more time with him. Yeah, I, it's, I guess that. it's so hard. Like, cause and and then I was my thing was I was gonna ask you is because his is acts of service. Acts of service, like mine. Yeah, but I sometimes it's gift giving, but I okay. think it's acts of service. It's definitely acts of service because he'll say like when you make my lunch. Mm, it yeah. really like makes me so happy or when you do my laundry or something like that. So definitely. I wanted to say like out of the five, are there two that are like get a little bit more sticky than the like than others? I don't think so. No. Um, I mean, a lot of times men will be like acts of service and, you know, touch. Right. Usually a man's a most men, it's either one or two is, is touch, which is sex. And they want that. They want that physical touch. Um, you know, sometimes that's harder for their partners to give if they're like, oh, you know, I want some kind of physical touch every single day. So I say, well, you're not going to have sexual touch, but you're going to have physical touch, right? She can give you a kiss or cuddle with you or, you know, be physical, but not in a sexual way. Um, that's the only one that maybe gets a little sticky, but it's okay. more about like just realizing that the love what we give our partners is usually what our love language is so i'm great at acts of service i'll like pick up the laundry make dinner clean the house like doing all the things that or like pick up his cleaners call the insurance for him and it's just i'm good at it because that's how i visualize love right isn't that so crazy how that works Mm-hmm. And he's like a time, you know, he's a quality time person. So he's always like, let's sit down and watch a movie. Like that's his like go-to. And it's about really knowing your partner, predicting what they want and really getting to know who they are. Wait, I think, I, I feel like mine is like a mix between the words of affirmation oh, and like, because I one. love like a conversation, like let's talk and let me like, let me know that you're, you actually are listening and you like hear and I want to hear you and I want to like talk because I could sit on the couch with my husband and watch a movie and he'll fall asleep (laughs) (laughs) so that quality that's that's really quality actually that's really quality time what you're talking about like really engaged 
really engaged conversation. Uh, words of affirmation are, which is huge for women. Um, again, that's a teaching, right? That's something that people have to be taught. That's back to family of origin. Yeah. Um, a lot of women will say, my husband doesn't tell me I look beautiful. My, you know, he never says anything to me and they need that women need that. And so I actually say to the men, I want you to put it in your phone that you say something nice to your wife twice a day, every day. Wow. Hey, all you guys out there listening to this or women, that's a great tip. That's a great thing. And when you, when you would present that, like, what could a woman say? Well, and if you, you know, this is something I've heard you could do. Like, what could a woman do for a man in the same sense? For words of affirmation? Anything really. Like, because I think the words of affirmation, like any, no woman is not going to want that. Right. Like say, you know, it'd be really nice if you set in your alarm and your phone twice a day to say something nice, something Mm -hmm. really nice to me. I mean, well, I mean, sometimes we give them a script because, you know, is it that she wants to hear that she's smart? Does she want to hear that she's beautiful? Sometimes men want it. And I'll yeah. say, well, what do you want to hear? You know, do you want to hear that you have a big penis or do you want to hear <laughs> that, like, you know, you're great at your job? Because, mm-hmm. you know, what people want is so different. It's so personal. It, that's so true. Yeah, it's just, it's so interesting. I think, like, all these little little tips and I think I mean I actually I want to ask you and for I know we only have like a couple minutes left but a little bit left but I want to ask you you know for those who are maybe on the fence about therapy or working with somebody or I don't know if I'm in the place where we should get a get a marriage counselor or a family like what do you say to them because I am a huge advocate I think it's so important I think it's so nice like why you you don't just like not get oil changes for your car and then run out of like think you're gonna last forever like what the heck so what would you say in a professional standpoint I would say the sooner the better right if you can afford to get your nails done if you get your hair done um it is an investment in your relationship. There are things that will happen in therapy that will never happen without someone that's guiding you through it, coaching you through it. Now, the caveat to that is do not go to any therapist, okay? You need to go to somebody who is specifically trained in couples therapy. I can't tell you how many couples come to me and they're like, Marisa, we found you. We got a referral. We've seen four or five therapists before you. And all they've done is, um, sorry about that. All they've done is actually harm our relationship because if they're not trained in it and they're just trained in individual therapy, it's, it's a, it's different work. Yeah. That's so true. What are you really, really trained in it? That that's their specialty. That's yeah. I mean, I think the more awareness that we can bring to the good that therapy can bring to your relationship, but also I, I'm, I think it's, it's a necessity. Like I think it's something that is so vital to a relationship, you know. And even individual therapy, I agree with you. Great, yes. I, I think it's so cool that we're in this this era where mental health and therapy and counseling is just like glorified, which it really should be. 
it, it's a massage for your brain. That's what I tell people. You get to go in and download and really have an objective opinion about things going on in your life. You ask your mom, you ask your best friend, you ask your sister, your brother, you know, they're all coming to it with a slant because they're part of that system. Mm -hmm. Go to a therapist and you tell them what you're doing. They'll be like, Hey, I don't know. What are you doing right there? Is that working for you? And to your point, a therapist that has like you have, you know, that educational background, that training, they're going to say, oh, you did that? Wait, why? Let's find out why. Let's go and not, okay, you know what? I'm your mom, so I'm going to patch things up. This is what you're going to do next. No, no, let's figure out like why so that doesn't happen again, right? Exactly. That's so, so cool. What else are do you have going on um, that you want to share? Do you have anything exciting going on um you know i'm working on a couple of books one exactly yeah one exactly about what you're talking about teaching men how to love women better so cool um i can't tell you the title and then actually another one that i'm working on is a book for women you know about how we marinate on sex how we evolve through the decades of our life you know, and basically a way to navigate, um, navigate the, the life cycle of a woman better. They don't tell us things, you know, they're not telling us all the things we need to know. Do you think, and this just popped in my head, but like, do you think that a person or like a, in a relationship, one of the partners wouldn't want to go to therapy to control a situation? Um, or like, what if you have a controlling partner? Like, I'm just thinking like, those people listening, I know there are people listening that really do want to go to therapy and it's maybe one of the partners that's a pushback. Like, what what is the advice there? Is it a control thing? Like, is, is that what it is? Or how can they? I normally think it's fear. Fear, okay. Fear, you know, um, people think I'm going to judge them when they come to see me. And if a therapist is judging you, then that's probably not the right therapist. Hmm. You know, our job is to be curious and to help guide you to, you know, behaviors that are going to suit your relationship better. And so I think it's a lot of fear, a lot of, oh my, am I crazy? Am I wrong? Am I bad? And, you know, if someone's controlling, a therapist is going to point that out. You know, it's not a great conversation. I don't love having it, but it has, it has to be put out into the universe so that we can fix it. Yeah, I, um... I know someone that is in a situation that is in the like controlling situation and and you know I I think that maybe part of it is like they'll be called out for that and they know that maybe internally or maybe subconsciously mm-hmm. or maybe consciously and that yeah. might come to the surface um you you know you just don't know and so then how do you bring somebody in when they're like now, no really I'm not finding the strengths I'm different than you, you're different than me, but how do we take the best parts of each other and put them into this relationship to make the whole relationship work better? And it's really, most couples are that way. I call them an A and a Z or a, you know, we have to get to M so that we can find that balance. Oh my God, it's so true. Yeah, I mean, I always say like, I come, I'm probably you do that with your husband. Like, oh my gosh, I wish I could be more like that in that situation. I wish I could, oh, I wish I could do that. I'm saying that to him all the time. He is like cool as a cucumber in every. I'm lucky. I love cucumbers. 
in every situation i'm like and i'm like the opposite I'm like, oh my god what are we gonna whoa and he's like wait whoa I'm like what do you mean you're also, listen you're also a new mom you're in a completely different space it's you know? so true that's a it's whole changing having a baby's life changing and like i hate to say it but i will say it like it's different from for the dad it's different it's of just course. so different. Not that they don't care as much. Not that they don't do as It's not any of that. It's just different. We grew a human inside of our bodies and all the hormones changed for us. Our entire, like we are different after we give birth than we were before. We're just, we're different. They're not different. Yeah. They're the exact yeah. same thing that they were other than the fact that they get to love and care for this new thing. Mm-hmm. That's, really different. Yeah, and I, I, I can imagine that's a big thing that you help people with because all the time. Yeah, that's a time. huge yeah. one. What a life transition. It is. And a lot of times, you know, couples really struggle after their first child is born. They really, really struggle. He wants sex, she's not in the mood, hormones, breastfeeding. You know, there's just there's so many dynamics that are at play. So it's it's a good time, you know, if couples are struggling, if you talk to people on your podcast, like, don't be afraid to go for help. It doesn't mean your relationship is doomed. No. It just doesn't. It means that, like, you need some help, and if you get it, you're going to end up stronger most of the time. So. I remember hearing one time, a long time ago, a therapist had said, I don't know what the statistic was, but it was like 80 or 90, something crazy percent of people that come to them are already too far gone. Like, what is, isn't it like something, is that wrong? I don't know exactly, but I it's. Don't, I don't know what the, the basis for that statistic was. We'd have to know more about it. But I would say like, you know, we know that divorce is 51% of couples, right? Most couples that come to me, they've had problems. I mean, I have couples that they've had problems for years. I have couples that I say to them, well, how long has this been going on? 15 years. Oh, how many, th how many therapy sessions do you think I'm going to need? I'm like, you're going to be here for two years every week. You know what I mean? Like strap on because strap in because we're going to be here a while. <laughs> no um, pun intended. Strap no on. Pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a sex therapist. Okay. It's in my blood. Thank you so much. Um, where can we find you? Where can everyone find you that's listening and to keep up with your books that are coming out at some point? Um, Love According to Marisa is a great place on Instagram to find me. Um, every other day, I'm giving a little tidbits about, you know, how to deal with your relationship with anxiety, how to deal with your relationship with cheating, things like that. So it's a great place. My website is www.marisagiuliani.com. And, you know, there's lots of information there. So those are the great ways to find me. And I really appreciate have you having me here, Mackenzie. I really do. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so glad. And this was just such an amazing time to talk to you. Thank you so much.